In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Our Gospel this weekend for the fourth Sunday of Lent is one of the most famous of all time. It's the parable of the prodigal son. There's a lot we want to break open about this well-known story, but before we get there, we want to take a brief look at the two readings which precede it. We hear from four verses of the book of Joshua for our first reading this weekend. The people of Israel have now entered the promised land, and the Lord says to Joshua, Today I have removed the reproach of Egypt from you. The Israelites are no longer suffering the embarrassing life as slaves in Egypt. Now they're enjoying the fruit of the promised land, and quite literally, we're told they ate of the produce of the land. And our first reading recounts for us the first time when the people of Israel celebrated the Passover festival in the promised land. Our second reading is taken from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. In this letter, Paul has heard a number of troubling things about the Christians in Corinth, and so he wants to respond to them. But most especially, he spends several chapters of this letter defending his position as a legitimate preacher of the good news about Jesus. It's likely that other Christian missionaries also passed through Corinth, and some of them had beef with Paul's way of preaching. The passage we hear this weekend shows how Paul is responding to this. Paul speaks of how God has given him, and therefore us, the ministry of reconciliation. The concept of reconciliation as something that God does is unique to Paul. At that time, reconciliation described how different groups of people or nations might seek to make peace after a time of war. And either side could initiate this process of reconciliation. But remarkably, Paul's point here is that God has enacted this reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. He continues that God was not counting their trespasses against them. And when we hear this word counting, we should be thinking of an accountant. Because the word in Greek means something more like credited or reckoned or counted up. Paul tells us that he has been made an ambassador for Christ. Similar to the word for reconciliation, this word too, ambassador, meant something at the time of Paul. It was used to describe representatives or legates whom an emperor would send out to deliver his message to other people. All of this, Paul says, is how God has chosen him to be a disciple and a preacher of the gospel message. Outside of Palm Sunday, our gospel this weekend is one of the longest of the entire year, yet it's so rich and beautiful in its imagery. It's the parable of the prodigal son. The setting for when Jesus tells this parable is important. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, in response, Jesus tells a story about a father who welcomes his sinful son and eats with him. Then he also describes an older son who complains about this action. The whole thing is meant to be a living example of Jesus' ministry and opposition of that from the Pharisees. In the story, the younger son famously asks for his share of the inheritance. There are a couple different theories of what this could have looked like. The most reasonable is that the father assigned property ownership to his sons, who could then choose to sell or retain the property. But the buyer of this new property couldn't take possession of it until the father's death. And up until then, the father still had the right to maintain and possess the land. Therefore, we see that even though the son had sold his inheritance for liquid cash, The father still has the property to slaughter a fattened calf and host a celebration, which, speaking of selling the property, we're told that the son departed only after a few days of receiving his inheritance. 
It's quite likely that he didn't even get a very good price for the land, since land sales involved lengthy negotiation. The younger son was ready to skedaddle, and didn't even mind getting lowballed for the price of the land. Yet after squandering his inheritance on a life of dissipation, the younger son finds himself tending pigs in a Gentile country. For a Jew, this is about as unclean as one could possibly get. He has a very unclean job, since pigs were considered unclean animals, and he's in an unclean country. Yet eventually he comes to his senses, or more literally, he came to himself. The idiom is the same in Greek as in English. He returns to his father, who runs out to meet him, and treats his return with lavish mercy. He says, slaughter the fattened calf. Now, meat wasn't a normal part of one's daily diet at the time. It was only reserved for special occasions. So when the father orders for the fattened calf to be slaughtered, this is an indication of a grand party. What was once lost has now been found. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fourth Sunday in Lent in year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.